What's up, everybody? This is Gift Gift Time in Bailu. Welcome to another episode of Grow Rugby. I'm glad to have you guys all here. Hey, I know there's not really a whole lot going on. Uh, we obviously know sports are all out. Coronavirus is taking over. We're really about to end up going into full lockdown quarantine mode soon, but... You know, there's still a lot of great stories, a lot of great things happening. You guys get a chance to be able to enjoy some good story and rest time, whether you wanted to or not, and spend time with family if you're with, or you get to be able to really fully get to engage in your own self, develop your own mind. Like, it's it's been wild. Like, I know for us, you know, being able to, having to cancel the HBCU Rugby Classic, then you're seeing all the college rugby, then everything. Like, everything's closed down, so we're all in the same boat. I'm won't lie i'm i'm kind of interested and inspired by this um just kind of want to see how much we can uh well how much i can be able to produce on it but uh you know i'm i'm just here this is i i always like to see where the uh where the win-win is going to end up being and even though things are can be a little bit daunting especially with the looming recession and everything like that well not looming i guess we're already in it it can make things feel a little bit more uh agitated uh to say the least. But, hey, you know what? You're alive. You're here. Hopefully, you're healthy. Hopefully, you're doing okay. And if you're not healthy, hopefully, you get better. And uh, if you had lost, then, you know, hopefully, you'll find recovery that comes within it. But in the meantime, yo, I hope you guys are able to enjoy this podcast. It was a great interview uh, by this kid named Dave Rhymes. And Dave Rhymes, one of the thing, reasons why I had actually decided to interview him was he had a unique situation of being able to play rugby while having type 1 diabetes. And I thought it was something that was really interesting in terms of being able to see the full effort and grind that rugby players can actually have. And it was really actually a really good story. Played for Atlantis Rugby, U18 guy. Actually, we did this interview back in December of last year. And... Um, you know, it felt right around time to be able to drop it out. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's really good times, great response to seeing what opportunity and mindset does to being able to play the sport of rugby and, more importantly, how it can impact back on your own life. Opportunity and networking. That's what we are here. Grow Rugby is about opportunity and network and understanding what rugby can do or how rugby can impact it. So... Without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this. Dave Rhymes. Let's go. I am here with the Dave Rhymes out of Florida, North American High School Sevens, uh, uh, All-American. Dave, man, how you been doing today? Been doing good. It's been very fun today so far, so. Man, I love it. I love it. So, I'm thank you for being on the show. You know, you wanted to first going into 2020. This is a big year for a lot of us. This is going to be your, you're going into your final year, senior year, so uh what spring senior year right it is it's about to come up how's the senior writers feeling so far i don't got any right now you just gotta keep on grinding so i like the way you think i'm already here for this (laughs) so you know i kind of wanted to get a little bit of a start on who dave is how'd you get started in rugby you know what what is your story and how was it that you got to this point with the north american all-americans so when I was in seventh grade, I saw a um, a poster saying that, oh, I should try rugby out. And a couple of my friends were like, oh, we should just, we should give it a shot. So, and I went to a clinic, and my first clinic, I hated. I was like, oh, I, I'm not going to like this sport. I had a football mindset. This is not for me. But my, and I wanted to quit the first day, and my dad told me, no, just, just give it time. Let it build on you. And so, therefore, I just kept on playing, and then, and in seventh grade, I came in playing with like middle schoolers, eighth graders, seventh graders, and I was playing fullback. Not didn't very really like it, didn't like it at first, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it one more year. And then 
The next year I played, I played fly half, and that, that's when I started loving the sport. So, so you consider yourself – so it was whenever you became a distributor is whenever it kicked in for you? Yes. When I started getting to pass the ball and actually see the joy on people's faces when they get to squint, it's like, I love passing the ball. That's, like, what I like doing. And it's just – that's when I love, became in love with the sport. Oh, I love that. So let me ask, do you consider yourself then as being more of a giver? Like, you, you, you like to actively try and, you know, do things for people. I – it's a human thing. Oh, everybody wants to score. Trust me, I love scoring. It's one of the best things in rugby. But it's also – I find it have a very great pleasure – of giving the ball to other people and let them have the, how am I put this, like, have the pleasure of scoring. Because I, I've i been playing rugby for six years now, and I've scored quite a bit. It's like, and some of these people have scored. <laughs> some of these people haven't scored much, and it's just like, give them, let them be the star of the show. And that's how I always think about it. No, I think that's legit. And, you know, we always, you know, when it comes to rugby, there's always the talk about the tenements of rugby. And obviously, uh, generosity is part of that generosity and team uh, uh, team work being part of that. So to know that already intrinsically, you already have that feeling and that, you know, look, I know I can do my stuff. I have the ability, but if I can help others and get them to their spot, it only makes us all better in the end. Right. Yes. hundred percent agree. Now, is that something that you've always had since you were younger, or is it something that you built up from your parents or environment? Like, what kind of brought that into your mindset? Um, so when I played football, I was – I don't like saying this, but I was always one – in Little League, I was always one of the better ones on the team. And so I always, I always was told that I played – I went from running back to alignment. So I always know what it's like to block for, pe- block for the running back the running back, and it's like some of those linemen don't get enough credit. So it's like on the rugby pitch, I want to give people the credit they deserve and let them feel, be like the star in a sense. I think that's legit, you know, and, and you're right. When it comes to football, it's the big guys who ironically are probably one of the most important positions because you can't I pass, agree. you can't run without them, you know? So I, I think that's, that makes perfect sense in terms of, Understanding that if you're in a position where you now have the opportunity to give everybody a chance, yo, let's try and do it because you're right. They're, they're going to remember it. You're going to remember it. We get better as a result. I 100% agree. That's how uh, that was always put into me by my my dad was my coach and he always drove that into me. So. So kind of let's I want to touch on that. So obviously you said you were a football player running back then lineman, which is. Man, that's a heck of a change. Did you play fullback or were you a halfback? I was a – I was just a – we we ran a single wing and I was just a running back. And then I got moved uh, a pull, um, pulling guard to block. So that, that's where I stood. That is wild. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard that transition. I would have thought running back maybe to tight end, running back to linebacker. But running back to – yo, kudos again. I, I, I give credit. <laughs> I love blocking is my favorite thing to do in football. So yeah, hands you, you, down. I feel like you. I feel like you're one of those people that are like, look, I'm here for the one on one, like you versus me. Who's about to have the stronger arm on this one? Who's gonna uh, win the technique game? That that is me when it comes to football and blocking. I love it. Just comes down to heart. How much are you gonna put on the field for it? Yo, so did you feel like whenever you moved over to to rugby? And I love. The fact that you talked about the fact that it didn't kick in for you on the first or second try. It was like the third time, third season that you took it where it actually settled for you. So in your mindset, what was it that just didn't sit right initially for you with rugby? It just I didn't understand the game in a sense. And I'm that person I like I like to be on like I have to understand the game. That's just that's how I roll. And it's just I needed to understand, and then as soon as I flipped positions, I started to understand how the whole game flows, because rugby has a different flow than any other sport I've played, and it's just, I needed to understand how the flow works, and just set in from there. 
Uh, I think that that, that I, I'm the same way. I, I need a certain amount of information to be able to acclimate to whatever the mm. situation is. It's just it, it, it's about roundness, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I can completely understand that one because even whenever I started playing, I, I, I ha appreciate my coach for giving me at least the simplicity starting off where it was like, okay, we'll pull you at flanker and just look here, take care of this and this marker and just don't make these mistakes. And within this box, we can work and develop you out from there. Mm -hmm. But if you're just telling me just run on the field and then go figure it out, it, it takes away a little bit of the zeal yeah. because... You have rules to follow. Right. So you started playing, you get into it year three. Year three, what was that switch that kind of turned out? Obviously, you said playing fly half and distributing, but do you remember like that m moment where it was just like, oh, no, this, okay, this is now working for me. I'm getting this now. When that happened, it was year two. By the way, year two. Nice. And, um, <laughs> by the it was when my first game playing fly half, and I remember vividly, I got the ball out off the scrum. I was playing ten. We were playing tens, off the scrum, and then I had my um, outside center run a crash down, and I got to pass him the ball, and he just broke through the line. And I'm like, all right, this is where I stand. I, passing's like one of my favorite things, favorite things to do, and that's where I come from. How much time do you spend like working on passing drills and working on your passing skills? I try to do at least like. 15 minutes a day just tossing the ball i'll toss the ball bring the, my ball to school and just toss it around with my friends teach them how to throw a rugby ball if they're curious and it's just like me teaching someone it makes me better if that makes sense no so, I, so it, it you kind of you're it's it's um it's development through explanation essentially mm-hmm Almost the same way that as you took into data itself, took into information, you try and process it out that same way as well. Yes. Oh, I like that. Do you, do you see that as how you read the field whenever you are, are setting up your teammates? That is 100% how I read the field. I look at the field first and then just like I let, the, I let things process in my brain and I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Oh, I like that. I like that. And look, I also like that you low-key recruit the guys through your practice. It's like, it's slick. It's slick. <laughs> I try. I, I try my best. You know, Florida, so, Florida rugby's not the – we don't got the numbers, and it's always like, oh, we're a football-minded state, and it's always like – it's always good to try to get people to come try new things out. Yo, so. I always wonder within – because, you know, you're working within this age group that – I think has the highest possibility of elevating rugby in this country to next levels because you guys have one of the youngest starts for here in the U.S. And obviously we've always been a multi-sport country, so that always adds a different element to it. But I think the way that information travels, especially through social media, especially through your guys' personal interactions and how you guys utilize everything, and I, I say this without trying to sound old, but <laughs> I ask, you know, do you feel that the, that people within your grade and lower are able to grasp onto or are more willing to try out new things like rugby more easily than maybe people in the past could have from your perspective? I do think so because, like, everyone in our gener my generation – is always like, oh, let me see, like, your highlights. Okay, like, they have all these Instagram pages that just post highlights of college football, soccer, the NFL, baseball, basketball, etc. And if they see these highlights, they're always like, oh, that makes me want to try it, in a sense. It's yeah. Like, oh, let me get out there and see if I can do that. And then by them experiencing playing rugby or playing whatever sport in general, it, it'll catch them. It could it could catch them, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I guess, you know, it, it always leads into something that I've always tried to pound. And, you know, it's getting better now is that rugby has the ability to be a much bigger sport by the way of digital media, social media, emails, whatever you want, because it's finally something that ac accesses everybody uh, almost equally 
without having to worry about paying over costs or anything like that. But I don't think everybody realizes how important it is and, and they'll over, you know, work towards TV or anything like that. Like for you, how many of your friends like outside of maybe football watch TV on a regular basis? That is a good question that I have no idea. I know me personally, I don't watch a lot of TV. So it's all like the Netflix now that people watch, Hulu, right. YouTube, and all that. So, you know, and so uh, I was going to say YouTube and all that. So, yeah, and it, that proves my point. Like, even in that, it's like, no, you're nobody really watches, sits down to watch TV. One, nobody wants to change your time to that, but obviously you want to have access to the information in the hot place, right? Yeah. Oh, I like, like that. You, you, you just want to see. You just want to see that. See it, not have to wait through and watch something. In a sense, I, I can get that. So, whenever you guys are are setting up, all right, you're you're right now. You're in Florida. I used to go to school out in Florida, so I know you guys are nothing but crazy out there. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> but you know, um, but you have to appreciate the. The appreciation for sports. So, when you guys are practicing, um, what what is the pr- regular practice for you like? Like, what is a great developmental practice for you? How we always start. If I my developmental practice, I always like to start off with warming up the hands, like just run up five yards, stop and pass the ball backwards because that's right rugby. You're not you're never going to pass the ball forward. Always going to pass the ball backwards, and just teaching them, and then going into a little bit of contact here and there. And just then from there, I would say, like, play touch. And then because I'm a person, like, I like to learn on the go. Like, I like doing something, stopping and learning from it. And since I'm not a drill person where it's like, oh, five people go in front of me and you have to wait. Like, I'm always like, go, 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 go. High intensity practices and which the high intensity practices get you conditioned for game scenarios. So that's how I work. I think that's real. One of the things that they always say is rugby is one a sport that you can't condition yourself into, but you simply have to play it to just get yes. yourself conditioned. Well, like every, like people are like, "Oh, how's the conditioning?" I'm like, "Uh, there's not really much conditioning." They're like, "What do you mean?" It's like it's like a soccer game. I'm like, "No, it's a rugby game." I'm like, "It's not. You can't run suicides, run Broncos, really to get." physically conditioned in my opinion you have to actually play in a game to get physically conditioned right because when you're running running around you're not taking hits right and so no it changes up the way that you're able to impact and go with the sport like it, it and a lot of people i think that's one of the uniqueness that makes rugby so amazing it's the fact that we know what it is to be running around for an extended period of time and getting tired. That's track, you know, you can, that's soccer. We also understand what it is to run in short spurts and have to hit a lot. That's football, hockey, whatever. Well, maybe not so much hockey in Florida, but hockey, <laughs> whatever. But whenever you're combining the two of them together, I think it's a very underestimated concept. It's much closer to what I would say is more like UFC or boxing than it was. Yes. Yeah. If I have to explain football, um, rugby, I always say it's like a soccer and a football game put together. Right. That's how, that's how I have to explain it to people. No, I love that. Um, well, tell me this. Even though we just talked about conditioning and that you can't do anything really much to prepare without playing, but for you, what are some things that you do to actually keep yourself tweaked in between games? Well, like, can you explain, like, like workouts, around. eating habits, or even things that you do leisurely to keep you able to recover, that keeps your body uh, limber, that keeps you strong, and lets you know that you're developing both mentally and physically. Oh, I, I work out practically every day. And then, like, today, I'll, like, I took a day off today, and I'll stretch. I'll do quite a bit of stretching to just stay loose, in a sense. And then it, ice baths. Just cooling off after, like, keep after you're running, keep your feet up and just get all the lactic acids out. And just eating habits. I eat a lot of protein. Like, I'll have like two steaks a night, and etc. Bunch of like potatoes, corn, vegetables, and all that. Drink a lot of water. But full country boy on me on that one. 
Oh, no, but no, that's real. Like, was now, I have to ask, is that something that you took from football? Is that something that you took from your dad? Or is that something that your coaches told you? Like, what gave you the direction on, on what you're trying to do to maintain your health and fit, wellness? The workouts came from my football coach. And, like, he's like, I used to follow his plan working out, which I did all through football season. And then I'm like, all right, there's some things that I need to focus on more with rugby in a sense. And then the stretching part actually came from my, one of my trainers. He's like, oh, you should take a day off to train, um, to stretch. And I was like, oh, keep your body loose. I understand that. And then the eating habits came from my dad because my dad's reading a whole book about starting strength and all that and he's like oh you need to eat do all this eating stuff and i'm like all right just taking um advice from people that's how i do my thing i was saying do you consider yourself to be extremely coachable i i always i like to take in from i'm a listener not a talker in a sense like but like i i don't talk a lot I, i take in a lot of information and use the information that i need to use so I, I would consider myself coachable. Oh, that's good. I, and look, I, I, that's one, I think that's always one thing that we sometimes forget, especially sometimes rugby players that have been playing for a while. You get to a point where you understand the pattern of the game so much that you almost feel like it doesn't make any sense to listen to anybody, add anything to your information, because mm-hmm. it's like, no, I got this. But we're always learning, right? How, yeah, that's how I always think it. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be the worst player on the team. You can be the best player on the team. You always need to take in information and improve your game. You can't be. You can't be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't be fine with being mediocre. You always have to. Always want to move to the next level. That's how I think. I love that. I love that. And quick question before I move on, because you have a you have a very interesting little story. So there's a lot of little bits and pieces that we got here, but. You talked about some of the things that you like to focus on that you said you wanted to adjust uh, with your workout, that you had adjusted with your workout to focus on that would be better served for rugby than it was for football. What were some of those workouts that you've done that you feel has helped you in being able to increase your, your output with rugby? So when I started, when I work out for football, we never deadlifted. We always power cleaned. We did um, bench press, power clean, and squats. So I'm like, all right, those are three essential workouts that you need. All right? But there's other things you can add. So I started adding deadlifting in and doing um, front squats and just working small, small, muscle, small muscle groups in a sense and just doing five by five because my dad's book that he's reading, it's starting strength, and he, it's always saying start out, do five by five, and it just – and it's worked for my dad, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. Because we always used to do like three by eight. And it's like, all right, it works, but five by five with my dad. It's like I've saw, seen a big increase with my dad doing five by five than me doing three by eight. So. You go, with, go, with, go with the results. That's, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so – Kind of working into that, one of the things that was very unique um, about finding out about you, and obviously you're, you're playing with Atlanta, so we'll go through some of the teams that you've played for over, over the last few years, but, um, you know, was in dealing with your health. You have type 1 diabetes, correct? I do. So, you know, we're talking about something that typically happens early age, but can you kind of explain a little bit what it is that you deal with, what it is that it is for type 1 diabetes? Because, ironically, not a lot of people know. So, I have type 1 diabetes, which is where my pancreas does not produce insulin. So, therefore, like, my blood sugar can go extremely high and extremely low. So, I, your pancreas produces insulin, which regulates your blood sugar. And so I have to do that manually. So I have to check my sugar to know how much insulin I, how much insulin I need to give myself because of my sugar. I have when I eat food, I have to look at my carbohydrates, how much insulin I have to give myself. And it just, it's kind of like you always have to, you have to be your own pancreas, in a sense. I see. So how does that impact the way that you're able to, uh, whenever you play? Because that has to. Dip- 
be very uh, iffy when it comes to dealing with any power drinks. Uh, definitely when it comes to any meals that you get post game, all that. Like, how do you handle that in terms of your gameplay? So I I always check my sugar about thirty minutes before my game, and if I'm low, I drink I drink a Gatorade or two. But during the game, my blood sugar always rises because of the adrenaline rushing through. So I check it at halftime, get do my thing. It takes me about thirty seconds to a minute. And then, like, after when – when I eat food, I'm not the best diabetic when it comes to eating. I'm going to be the first one to admit it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a teenage kid, so I'll, I, I eat whatever in a sense, what I'm saying. And I just have to give myself insulin for what I've eaten. So, like, we have – if say, if we have, like, pizza after the game, pizza affects my blood sugar fairly bad. So I know that I have to give myself insulin – as soon as I eat the pizza and then check in 30 minutes. And normally when I when I eat, I need to check an hour after I eat. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But with pizza, some things I'm very, like, I need to do that. I have a set things I need to do so my blood sugar doesn't go crazy. Now, you know, when did, was there, uh, obvious, how long have you been dealing with uh, the type 1? Was it something you were born with or when did you uh, find out about it? I found out, so in sixth grade, I went from 130 pounds to 92 pounds in three months. Wow. So my mom and my dad always thought, oh, he's just, he's just, he's growing up. But, and then I went to the doctor, like I, you could see my spine when I just stood straight up and my, my mom's like, we need to take him in. And they checked my blood sugar and my, I was like over 600 and my A1C, which is your blood sugar over three months was 16 point like three and it's supposed to be like around six or seven and um i found out then i've almost been diabetic for it's been six or seven years in january oh wow so you know once you figure that out obviously they give you a regimen they you, you do the regular medical stuff but you're still, you're, you're a kid at that point, you know, you're talking about yes. 10, 11 years old, you know, and I'm assuming you were playing sports at that point as well, too. I was. I was so at that point, how did you, how did you get to understanding the management of handling your diabetes at the same time while playing? Like, what was that process like? So most time, so when I was in the hospital, my doctor told me that I was probably never going to be able to play a sport again. And I was like, you know what? Sports is what, like, got me to where I am, warned me who I am. And I was like, that's not, I'm, that's not going to be me. And um, so, and then I was like, next year, I'm like, I'm going to play football again. I got back up to, like, one, 125, 130. And I was like, yeah, I'm playing football. Nothing's good. I'm just going to take care of myself, know what I have to do. And then that's what it happened. Oh, so it was just like, all right, you had to, it was a dedicated effort. It was dedicated, yes. moment, kind of like a light bulb moment for you. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to be fair, diabetes, uh, not diabetes, football, like sports in general, saved my life when it came to, with my diabetes, because no 11, 12 year old having a 16.3, I think, A1C should have been alive. And the foot, the sports kept my would drop me to fairly decent numbers for what my a1c was and it's like i can't just be like quit on sports that's what saved my life i i see it so it has a it's i like that it's it's deeper than just the game and you know we we again there's always the cliche everybody's oh i love my team you know i love the work the i love to compete but i i like the fact that you have this added layer of sentimentism, sentiment to it, because that that changes your motivation on how you play, on how you handle it, and obviously how much, how far you want to go with it, because it, it has a major impact. This is as much another family member as anybody to you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so whenever you, you have that, like, when you have these moments, I'm assuming you'll have sometimes these low moments, like, what is it that you keep reminding yourself or keep telling yourself to kind of keep pushing or pushing harder or, you know, getting through whether it's a loss or whether it's 
work out or whatever. What what is it that goes through your head as you motivate yourself to move forward? Well, motivate like I'm going to talk about my diabetes first, and I'll go to the sports in general. When I'm hitting a low with my diabetes, I'm a I'm a Christian. I go to a small Christian school, and I'm always like, God gave me diabetes for a reason. So it always it pushes me through in a sense to be like, yeah, I got this. He wouldn't he wouldn't do this to me if he didn't know I could. And then with when it comes down to sports, it's like I'm not the person to quit. I I'll do anything before I quit. And it's like it just pushes because I'm always I'm I have to do it for the team. And it's like it's either I'm in or I'm out, and I'm always I'm always in. And it's always like it's always a grind. It doesn't matter if you lose. We could be the worst team in Florida. We could be the best team in Florida. You always have to do what's best for the team and put your heart out there. And it's like that's I don't know to go from there. No, I think that's a perfect point to make. It 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 goes. It's what's best overall. What's best for everyone. What's best for everyone becomes best for you and vice versa. Makes sense why you became a fly half and loved it so much. Not anymore. Fly half's crazy. <laughs> We're making changes at all levels. <laughs> I, I had my time at fly half. Eighth grade. Cut it from there. <laughs> Look, it got you. It, it made you stay in rugby. That was what its job yep. was to do. <laughs> made, made me love the sport. Yo, that's what's up. So, okay. So, let's kind of see where you've gone. So, since then, six years into this, you've played for a few teams now. Let me know. What, who is it that, that you've had the chance to be able to play for over the course of this, uh, this journey? Are we, going, are we going from club all the way to my highest or no? Or, Absolutely. Okay. So I, I first started off playing rugby with the Wellington Wizards. Then I went from there to the Jupiter Sharks to play high school for three years. And now this year, my last year, I'm going back to the, my – the Wellington Wizards for my last senior year to play with my cousin. And, um, but the higher teams that I've played for, I've played for our Florida, um, juice when I was in seventh grade, eighth grade. Then I played for the Florida elite dragons and middle and freshman sophomore year. Then I got into with Atlantis, the U18 side. And then from there I got to the men's U18 played with the North American Lions, and then I played with um, USA Rugby up in Toronto. So you've had, you've had a very experienced journey, probably more experienced than a lot of people older than you, 10, 15, 20 years older than you have done in their career. So a lot of kudos to the accomplishment of being able to have these vast experiences. So with these experiences, especially particularly through your high school years, um, you know, what are some of the – what are one or two of the lessons that you felt have kind of solidified into your playing repertoire uh, that you've learned from playing with these teams? Um, definitely with my last trip to Barbados is that I might not be the biggest, I may not be the fastest on the field, but I can definitely compete at the higher level. Like that I'm not, I'm not no, well, I am an 18 year old, but it's like, I can't. I can play with the men, and it was just a huge confidence booster to me. And then, when I went to Dubai with the North American Lions about two weeks ago, it was just saying, "Man, there is some competition in the world." Because I come from Florida rugby. Florida rugby is not the best, but and it's just like, man, there's some monsters out there that are. It's just. It's just not Florida in a sense. So. And even with Atlantis, playing with the – when I first played with Atlantis on the U18 side, it was like – even then it was a shocker to me saying like, oh, man, there's some athletes in the U.S. And then it's like I got invited to Dubai, and I was like, man, there's some athletes in the world. So, <laughs> uh, open, it opens up, opens up, the, opens up the, uh, the portrait a lot further than you would ever expect. Yes, very much so. And then it's like <laughs> – even then, I'm like, man, I can compete with these boys. And it's like, it's just, it's a very, like, not, not, not humbling, but it's a confidence booster in a sense for me. 
Because at that point it goes, yo, if I can do this, what can't I do? Practically. You know, I, I, I love that. I, one of the things that I've been a big advocate of is people being able to utilize rugby to open up their, their cultural realm a little bit wider because I think we a lot of times get very narrowly focused into what's immediately around us. And especially mm-hmm. if you don't go too many places outside of your regular region, you know, you're only going to think, okay, I'm the best of this area. We played some good people in your perspective. It's like, where, what can't I do? And I, this is good. But to have the experience of playing with Atlantis uh, out around, uh, outside the country, and, and I know you guys, you played with Elite Dragons for uh, uh, Tropical Sevens this year, right? No, this year I played with the Atlantis U18 side. That okay. Was my first, that was my first Atlantis tour. Okay, okay, okay. I think uh, I, I think I might have caught you guys because I was filming for Stars Rugby Sevens, you uh, the U18s. I think you guys played them this year uh, at Tropical Sevens in Orlando. Was it the U16? Might have been the U16. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we we I don't I don't remember playing right. Stars. Okay, maybe 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 maybe. But yeah, okay. Tropical Sevens is big. I, I, I know who's, I know who Stars is though. So. Yeah. Everybody knows who they are. Give credit to Liz. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's. I think it's unique experience. So, kind of before I talk about maybe some of the other stuff that you've done in Florida, what was it like going to Dubai? It was a eye opener with seeing the different cultures and seeing the different players. Just that again, what I said, seeing the diff- different levels of like. Athleticism, athleticism, athleticism. Yes, <laughs> from from those other athletes, it's like man, it's an eye opener. And just saying, like I can compete with it. It just uh, and with the culture thing, it just it opens your eyes to different cultures. And it was, it's an experience that you'll never. It's hard to explain the experience in a sense because it's like you got to be there. It's like one of those you got to be there. Let me ask if, um, you know, I, 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 rugby culture has a tendency to have a lot of similarities. We kind of follow a lot of the same rules. Mm-hmm. But the way that different cultures kind of present those rules, I think, is always a unique experience. For you, you know, what was one of those maybe typical rugby traditions that you've known before that you've seen in Florida, you've seen here in the States? that when you went to Dubai and maybe another team was doing something similar, you were just like, I recognize it, but, yo, they're doing something I haven't seen before. Or it, it's different. But was there an experience like that for you? Watching um, the New Zealand, playing against the New um, not New Zealand, Australia, no, South African kids. Saying like, you're like always like, oh, how the South Africans play rugby. It, it's different. And you're always like, it can't be that different. It's not that different. And then all of a sudden you're playing them and it's a, it's a whole different game. And you're like, I have never seen rugby really be played like this in a sense. And even watching, like, because it was a, watching the, like the U.S. play um, New Zealand, it's like, you're always like, oh, you watch them and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool how they play. But watching it in person, you actually get to see how they play. You're always like, Wow. It takes a lot more than what you see just on TV than passing the ball. Intricate details that you see them actually do, and it's pretty neat. Oh, like we're, at, at that point, do you start taking in your own data and like, all right, how, how can I mimic this and, and I do. make it my own? I do. It's just because I'm a listener, so it's always like I want to – they're like the best they're – the, they're the best from their country, and South Africa is like – one of the best in the world at the moment. And it's always like, so obviously their kids are pretty good. So it's always like, let me see what they're doing that I can bring home and I can perfect, I can work on so I can put it in my playbook. No, that's real. That's real. Did you get a chance to talk with any of the players uh, after the games or anything like that? I did. I didn't get to talk to some of them, but it wasn't like a whole deep conversation because they were all going to theirs and we were going to our huddle. So it was like just a little chit chat here and there, but there's some interesting kids over there, though. No, you know, I, 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 I've always been 
I always like to try and push for people to experience rugby outside the country, even if it's not in a major rugby country. Even if it's not in a major rugby country, like I always say, go out, just just go get something different than what you're dealing with in the states because there's a whole world and. The pleasure of rugby is you actually have an excuse that's not just some, oh, I just want to go do tourism. It's like, it's a real situation, you know? And so, like, I I always try and advocate. So I'm glad that you had that opportunity. Uh, Is it something that you think that you would do again? Maybe even not necessarily with uh, the Lions, but try and be able to go overseas and play again? Oh, I'll do it in a heartbeat. I'll do it in a heartbeat. It was my... It was my favorite tour I've ever been on going to Dubai. Yeah. And let me ask this. Eddie, what, you know, everybody, we all have our, our, our preconceived notions of, of countries just based off of the information that's provided to us. From what you knew about Dubai and in that before you left versus what you learned about Dubai area after you got there, like, was there any changes or was it pretty much what you were expecting? It was pretty much what I what I expect expected. Maybe just seeing the Burj Khalifa was never expected how big that building was, and the building was huge, and you're like, wow. So that was probably the only thing. But it, it what I came into, I, I was like, I expected it in a sense. No, that's awesome. Look, even the fact that it makes it makes it up for it makes it for its own expectations. I think is still significant because it's like okay so this is really how it is oh this is really real <laughs> yeah like looking through it on your phone it's, it's one thing but seeing it in person it's like that's why like taking pictures it's like all right yeah you get a picture here and there but seeing it in person's the like you'll never forget it so i can I, that's real the experience is everything experience yes. is everything so from that tour, outside of what you dealt with with the uh, different rugby teams, you know, what was one of the things that you took from this North American tour that you feel like you can bring back to your club for this year and subsequently for future future endeavors? Um, definitely say with the pat, like how he had our um, what's it called our structure and how like communication in a sense. Cause I know in rugby everyone's like, oh, we can work on our communication, but we were actually taught more like how, like how to communicate, like a good way to communicate. And it's just always, it's always good to have that. And like teaching, cause it, when you get to those higher levels and you start to understand, you can always teach kids. It's easier to teach kids on how to do it. So if you, if you really understand, you can be like, Oh, I, then I can help you out in a sense, like with the small details. Cause when you're up there, you're not looking at the big picture. You're looking at, where are your hands pointing when you're passing? Are your are your guns up in a sense when you're passing the ball? Like, is your elbow up? You can you look for those things and those small details paint the big picture. If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. The nuances, the devil, the 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 quote, the devils in the details is a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's interesting to understand like how nuanced the game is outside of what we always consider as the basics of just like, all right, pass the ball, you know, make sure you're giving yourself space, you know, make sure you're tackling correctly, yeah. make sure it, it goes much further into the, into the, into the book than you realized. It does. Very big no. time. So tell me, um, what was the process of getting onto that North American high school lions team? So the way I got it, it all started with me playing with Atlantis. So me playing with Atlantis, it was my first tournament in um, Tropical Sevens, and I was like, oh, I have to show out. I have to do good. I have to play my game that I know how to play. So I was like, all right, playing my game. I didn't start the first game, so I was kind of like, oh, it's all right. We got the rest of the tournament to go. And then I'll, I started the next game, and I was like, all right, it's so time to shine. Time to play rugby how I know. And it's always, and then from there it was like doing good, doing good, doing good. We came in the championship, I and we played great. We won the whole, we won Tropical Sevens, and I was like, all right, need to go from there. Next step, I got, I got back invited with Atlantis to go to Utah. I'm like, all right, and then I had, I got named co-captain in Utah with Atlantis, and then I'm going in. I played a good tournament, and then I got 
invited by one of one of my Atlantis coaches that was coaching for the USA rugby in Toronto um, for the all Americans. And he, he invited me to go up, go up there. Then I went up there. Start Wait, who was the coach? Um, Greg Shore. He's one of my Atlantis coaches. And then, so I'm, I'm up there, played um, hooker or center of the first game, then got moved to fly half again for <laughs> sevens. And, um, had a good tournament up there, and then all of a sudden, I'm in my um. I think I was going. I was at a football practice. I got an email from the North American Lions saying, "Oh, you've been selected to go play with the North American Lions in Dubai." And I was like, "Man, all that, the all those stepping stones led up to go to Dubai." And I'm like, "Wow!" And then I got. I was getting talked to by one of my club owners and he's like oh the atlantis u18 team not u18 the atlantis men's side the barbados needs somebody are you interested i'm like when is it and then it was a week after dubai and i'm like not a week so i had one week in dubai one week in barbados back to back and i'm like you know what i'm 18 let's do it and i was like best best decision of my life so far flex that passport so that's how I got invited, started with the North American Lions and ended up on the U Atlantis men's side. Dude, that's awesome. You know, again, a lot of it, it, it's I love just the this, it's never as people always say it's coincidence. But I just love the series of work that you're putting in your time bit by bit by bit. It's a patience game. And. I think even to an extent, it doesn't seem like you were expecting or it was necessarily an aim for you to get onto no. the USA you know, team. It, but it, it, it presented not. itself. It did. My The reason why I play rugby, it's not for, oh, let me let me be an All-American. Oh, not let me be to Dubai, go to Dubai. It's because I love the sport. And if you don't love the sport, none of, none of these things will happen for you. It's the same way in football. If, if something pops up in football, it's not because, oh, I'm doing it to do that. I'm doing it. It's, it's no, you love the game. You have to love the game to go to these higher levels. So. Uh, I, I think that's really, you, you can't put it, you, there's no true motivation to put in the amount of work if there isn't some kind of appreciated passion mm -hmm. that goes along with it. It's, just, it's too hard. And it's, to be honest with you, to, to, to be at that level, it's not worth it if you don't actually enjoy it. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's dope, and but it, it gives you the opportunity when you get there and you start to see where it opens up. I, I think that's incredible, and I, I love that you're able to see that, especially coming at the tail end of your your high school career. Mm -hmm. You know, so kind of as we start wrapping this up, you know, for you, you've done all you've done a lot within your your high school and your your middle school years. What what's the future looking like for you, Dave? When it comes to so, rugby or just in general, are talking about like college in a sense? I'm talking about whatever is your future, man. So, I'm I'm talking to two colleges right now. I'm talking to Life in um, Cootstown, Cutstown, whatever you call it. I call it Cootstown. I've been told it's Cutstown, but Cootstown. <laughs> but really, my main goal is someday to play in the Olympics for the um or play for the USA team. And like, and the series, and that's been for the past like two year. Actually, I've all it's just like something that like I became very passionate about rugby, and it's like that's been my goal. And I I know I know I have to like it's gonna take work, and it's just like I got to figure out what's the best to do for me, and so. Gonna be looking for uh, rhymes twenty twenty four. That would be amazing, to be honest with you. That would be awesome. You know, um, I do wonder how. Obviously, the Olympic play, but was it was it that much of a motivator? Was twenty sixteen that much of a motivator for you on on seeing rugby at the Olympic level, or is it just the concept of knowing that you could possibly be in the Olympics that that kind of added that that ambition? I'm gonna be honest. I. I really didn't watch much of 2016 rugby. I, I wasn't like really into it at the, at the time, but like, like I was passionate about it, but it wasn't like, I'm like, yeah, like 
I want to do this in a sense. It's more of like, yeah, I'm starting to like rugby. I'm, I'm loving the sport, but I had football at the time, and I'm like, I was just like, oh, I'll do – I'm playing rugby to get me better at football. But then I started realizing I'm better at, at rugby, and it's like you always love something more if you're better at it. You always love something more if you're better. And it was like tides turned, and it's like rugby's something that I, I want to focus on. And that happened um, in 2017, and it's like – that's when I started loving, loving the sport. So. No, I think that's that. That makes perfect sense, and that's that's real. You know, we it it, it, it takes some it takes some time, but yeah, whenever you really start to feel it in your chest, like whenever it gets get hits that right spot there, uh, it it, it changes the perspective of the game so much. It does. You know, I, I, I had the opportunity of going to the Rugby World Cup this past year, and I have the opportunity of going for the Olympics as well, too. So, like, being able to see it at that level, um, I think for me the game was about what I expected, but I think seeing the crowd changed it up on how much mm-hmm. this game can make a difference. Yes. Um, and you don't realize it. Like, you always know it. People talk about it, but like you said with Dubai, you might hear about it. You might look at it on your phone. You might hear the conversation. But when you see it with your own eyes, it's a game changer altogether. It is. It is. So final question for you, um, you know, is uh, – well, two questions. One, is there anybody that has been a set of uh, maybe not always necessarily inspiration but a, a motivation for you um, – people who have maybe a philosophy that you follow or a guideline that you like to follow? Are there anybody or anything that you kind of back up on that you're like, all right, this is always keeps me reminding of what I want. It's actually my football coach because he was the one who he's all, he always pushed me. I always said, do what you love. He's like, I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's rugby. Just do what you love, do what you're passionate for. And he's, He's always there to push me, and it's always like he's like my kind of like inspiration in the sense that you would consider. So, oh, that's real. And is there any message that you want people to know about Dave or about the way that you want people to understand this sport or just to be able to understand you and how you see the world? Is there anything that you have that you like to just leave out there that just, yeah, marks you? You gotta, you just gotta do what you love, and well, when you do what you love, you gotta have fun with it. Yo, that's real. That's real, Dave. Man, thank you so much, bro. Hey,